We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're running through a rapid fire rookie mock draft on Roto Viz Radio. Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin, one of the owners here at Rotoviz, joined by Curtis Patrick and our special guest, Matt Kelly of playerprofiler.com. We are going to pick up where we left off on Tuesday's episode. I apologize. I ran into some technical difficulties while trying to get this posted, and we're coming out a little bit later than normal on Wednesday, but here is the draft. Let's leave it right there. Uh, let's change the tone here to something much more positive, much more fun. We want to do a rapid fire rookie mock draft. We're going to do one draft, in this episode. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Now here we've we got go, the life. Mock draft. We've got the life back in the show here. I can do sound uh, effects too, guys. Matt, you are the guest. And so for this show, would you prefer to go super flex or one QB? We'll obviously be doing tight end premium. Either we're doing way. another show though. All right. So which one do you want to do first? No, we're going to let the people wait for super flex. Okay. So we're going to start with one QB. This will be one QB tight end premium format. That would be like legacy FFPC uh, dynasty style. Um, these are the leagues you've been in for, you know, five to 10 years, you know, with your friends and that you just don't want to quit because you've built a mega team or you just like hanging out in the, you know, the, the you know, private message or the Slack or the uh, what have you is, is still fire. And, and those people will become like family, but you're not joining leagues like this anymore. One QB uh, tight end premium, hopefully. Uh, hey guys, Matt, you're the guest. Before we so do you, this draft, it's a okay. good thing I read this book. Yeah. Oh, Ooh, oh, wow. Why don't you tell us about that real quick? The Dynasty Dominator Reloaded. This is a book I wrote that cites a lot of interesting work, some of it on Rotoviz and just about AJ Pex and about how to build super teams. Uh, everything you need to know about building a, a winning Dynasty team has been written. It was a, a long project, but we did it. It was fun. Um, and it's the reason why that if I don't get Brees Hall, I'm going to be going for Kenneth Walker. Uh, the, the biggest takeaway from the book, spoiler alert, is that you need to get your production early from running backs. Look at Saquon Barkley. He did the most mm -hmm. production. He gave you the most juice for the squeeze in his rookie year, yep. age 20. Yep. This is when you need to get these guys in the door, get them to produce, and get them out the door before their second contract and then go and get a bunch of second contract wide receivers. Ideally those that didn't change teams in return like Cooper cup and others. So just doing that, just making sure you get your young running backs in your rookie draft and you get your veteran producers at wide receiver and trade. If you just think about following that process, you're already going to be in the top 50th percentile of your dynasty league just that principle alone and i know curtis agrees with that oh yeah uh yeah i mean blair has blair andrews our managing editor has done so much great work on the importance of 
uh, youth at running back and efficiency, chasing efficiency, especially after year one. You can also chase college efficiency. Uh, Dave helps us with our you know running back analysis, and you can check that out on the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Rookie Draft Guide. Uh, volume two will be ju- uh, dropping here in the next week or two. Um, but Matt, you draw the 101 here. And, and you've by already the way, that's, that's pre- counterintuitive. That's counterintuitive. And I talk about it a lot. Efficiency matters more in dynasty than it does in seasonal leagues. In seasonal leagues, you're more interested oh, yeah. in like opportunity share. Volume is king. And volume. Yeah, but yeah. in dynasty, no, the efficiency is a signal that this player might be good for years to come. Yep. And you just need to frame it in different ways to really get through to people on that level where, yeah, you can chase targets in seasonal leagues, but I'd rather have the efficiency. Uh, give me the air yards, give me the, you know, air yard share and yeah. target share. Um, and uh, my, I know my wide receivers in the long run will figure it out and look at DJ Moore. right? We, we followed this process, just accumulating as much DJ Moore over the years as possible. Right. Everyone that probably, is a fan of Rotoviz or player profiler has been accumulating all this DJ more because, because that's what he's, he's been a King of air yard share and target share. And we just said, Hey, that's enough. Just get that guy. Things mm-hmm. will work out. This is a long-term play. This is a, a stock that you just put in your portfolio and you forget about it. And then one day you're going to look up and his quarterback's going to be Deshaun Watson. Matt with the uh, macro dynasty <laughs> lesson there in three minutes. I love it. Yeah. Um, a- agree. Tell me if I'm wrong, fine. guys. Let no, me I, know I, if I'm wrong. I'm gonna, not going to say you're wrong there. That, that was fire segment. That's great. Um, I think the way we're probably going to, we're going to probably dice up these episodes now for those on the live stream that might want to listen back. I think it makes a lot of sense to just have the free agent reaction episode, Dave. Yep. And then episode two, just be these two mock drafts. I think that's the way that, that it makes sense to cut it up. Yep. Um, so to kick this off, we've got one QB plus tight end premium. The pod father draws the 101 in the one mm. QB draft. Who are you taking? Oh, this is huge. This is a big deal. This is a big lottery win because you get Brees Hall, who is some combination of Saquon, Swift, and Jonathan Taylor. Right? You put those guys in one of these particle acceleration chambers, Brees Hall steps out. He's 20. Right, he's. I mean, he he played his college football at Iowa State, where he just crushed, even though it wasn't a great offense. I mean, it's just like, it, it's it's everything. It's everything. It, all these teams, all these situations, like Jonathan Taylor, you could say, oh well, it was a great offensive line at Wisconsin. There's nothing. There's nothing anyone can say about Brees Hall except a phenom. That's it. And then I think that it, the beauty is, and this is an interesting concept that you say, well, 40 time by itself isn't as predictive like for wide receivers, right? It is more for running backs. Well, the problem is there's a positive feedback loop in play where if a guy goes and blazes at the combine like John Ross, he's also going to get draft capital. So it doesn't, the, the, the 40 time doesn't live in a vacuum. The 40 time influences things that are even more predictive, like draft capital. So that's why the Brees Hall sub 4440 was such a big deal. Now he is in play and maybe a favorite to be the first running back drafted potentially early in that Jonathan Taylor early second round draft slot. And the wheels are so completely up, boys. So completely up. Oh, yeah. Why don't you tell me, uh, give me an actual pick, an NFL pick, like let's say in the second round, what's the draft slot range you're projecting for Brees Hall? I just want to give you 208 to 220. Let's go 40, the 40 overall. Um, I I agree. I agree. He is the 101. Uh, He's the 101 for me now. Um, I I think before I saw the athletic measurables on, on Traylon, you know, they were, they were one a, they were both in the one a tier. We had them one and two and in volume one, it was before people even declared. And, you know, now that there are some questions raised with Traylon, it just becomes very clear. I think Brees Hall is the, the one-on-one in all formats. When we do the super flex format, uh, it doesn't matter to me that he's not a quarterback. He would still be my one-on-one. I recently in FFPC, I tried to offer David Montgomery plus the 106 for the 101. I was declined. I've been trying to get into that 101 spot. So my money's where my mouth is on this. 
Okay, so 40 overall. I know, very in- important, very important. Yeah. I was in a bunch of FFPC dynasty leagues and in these startups a couple of years ago. Yeah. And drafting with late draft position. And sometimes it's a bummer, right? It's a bummer with late draft position. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. The ADP on Jonathan Taylor at that time was the 119-120. You remember this. Sorry. And, or whatever, you know, whatever you want to say, the 208, however you want to do yeah. the math. So, but, and I'm at the 111, and you're like, oh, you can't take Jonathan Taylor there. I'm like, of course I'm taking Jonathan Taylor here. Right around yeah, the 110, yeah. I'm taking Jonathan Taylor. Like, oh, yeah, I'm taking Jonathan. Well, he hasn't played an NFL snap. Duh. So? It's just a discount on tomorrow's what, price. What do you like, mean? That's a good His thing. ADP is, you're, you're taking him <laughs> yeah. too. I mean, that's actually huge, right? Yeah. If you take a guy 10 spots ahead of his ADP in the first round, right? That that is that is like you're gonna get people chirping at you in the chat. Like, oh, nice reach. Like you're gonna get cues of being a reacher at that point. And Brees Hall, it's gonna be the same thing. Where if you're in the late first round, just push the button on him. Don't even worry about it. Uh number one and number two, Sim with a draft position of 40 overall. Weight of 217 and uh, sub 4540. And Hall's faster than both of these guys, by the way. Uh, Dalvin Cook and Cam Akers, pretty good, number one and number mm-hmm. two. You can also check out uh, similar player profiles over at, of course, playerprofiler.com. Uh, you can actually do a lot of those searches uh, for free. Of course, there's you know more behind the paywall stuff there uh, that's available to you as well. Going to the 102, I'm on the clock. I take Traylon Burks. I said he was my 1A and a tier with Resol, uh before the combine. And, you know, after the combine, he's very clear, just two for me. Um, I think there are good arguments that can be made for some of the other wide receivers as well. There's there's not anybody that checks uh, all the boxes in the way that we've seen in, in recent drafts, but I do still like a lot of these wide receivers. Um, and, and I do think that Traylon, because of, the size along with the still pretty good speed, though not elite speed. I do think that he uh, has the, the best potential uh, to score touchdowns uh, at the next level versus some of these other players. And, you know, what he does after the catch is uh, very important. You know, Drake London does offer you some of the size. Christian Watson does offer you some of the size. Neither one of these guys can say that they did what Traylon did against the level of competition. Um, and at the thickness that he he brings, really mm-hmm. kind of running like a running back. I liken him to, um, uh, obviously, this would be a very, very, very ceiling outcome. But stylistically, I kind of see some shades of Terrell Owens. Like, give it to him on those short crossers and let him just punish safeties uh, wow. and run away from players. So that that's what I see. Um, so that's Dave the range, Hurt. right? He's best case scenario. Worst case scenario is Nikhil Harry. Yeah, worst case scenario is Nikhil Harry and that, you know, he could be a, a juicy profile with round one draft capital. But I, I think despite Harry's 40 time, it's still like comparing favorably to Burks. I just think they're different athletes. Like if you just watch it, like Harry was making contested catches because that was really his brand. Burks does make some contested catches, but he also just like runs away from people. Um, and I didn't see a whole lot of that from, from, uh, Nikhil Harry, but I, I agree. I mean, this is not a bust proof profile. I think to your no. point, I would no, definitely no, 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 agree no. with Especially that. Especially his rate of screen plays. Yeah. Yeah. It's not great. He, he, he's got to land. He's got to land in a spot that will take but, advantage of his very yeah. clear strengths. London's know? the and, same way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. London has the same weaknesses, right? I think the highest floor pick was by Dave here. Yeah, well, Dave, who'd, who'd you take at 103? Come yeah, up. so Garrett Wilson, as we've talked about, I really like him. I like him for a lot of the same reasons that I was high on Jalen Waddle last year when perhaps other people weren't quite as high. And I think it, it has to do with the fact that he definitely has the best floor of these guys because I feel like he has a game that's going to translate in Bingo. the easiest way uh, for multiple fits in the league has the sub four, four speed, which is great, but it's also the other things that he showed. He was able to do at Ohio state made an impact early, sustained that impact. Um, and I just, uh, feel especially given that Traylon's gone, you know, I don't feel like I want to at this point in this draft reach and go for a guy like London. So I really like Wilson and just the fit that I could see for him in multiple places. Well, we love Wilson and Columbus, uh, that, you know, you, 
making fun He's of me gorgeous. for being a Brownies fan, but I am a Central <laughs> Ohio guy. Columbus is my uh, is my metropolitan area here, and and we've loved uh, Wilson over the past couple of years. And he did what he did as a true freshman, you know, bursting onto the scene. A very very impressive t- uh, list of teammates. Even kicking one out to Alabama to even have a chance to yep. get some playing time. So really really fun. Matt, who do you want at 104, man? Easy. Kenneth Walker. No brainer. Slam dunk. I would have taken him at the 102. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Kenneth uh, Walker is also 21 years old. So he's young. He's coming out early. He has nothing left to prove. He was a a Heisman uh, candidate over 1,600 yards in the Big Ten, 20 plus touchdowns. The problem is he, he capped out his touch distribution, right? His touch rate. So even if they wanted to throw him passes, they couldn't because he was already like sapped. Like they were feeding him so much in the running game. They couldn't also throw him a bunch of passes. That's why he's very closely comparable to Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon was very similar and he was a great receiver, but wasn't used as such at Wisconsin. Just same exact situation. It's just that Walker is a little smaller and a little more athletic than Melvin Gordon. But if I can get Melvin Gordon at the 104, I was taking Melvin Gordon at the 104 seven years ago when it was Todd Gurley at the 101 and Amari Cooper at the 102. So it just is just like deja vu for me. Yeah, I think it's it's a great pick. I think it's where we ended up. Uh, we, we ended up with Walker between the four and the six. In all three of our root of his ownership team uh, mock drafts nice. for volume two of the, the guide, I think I think it makes a lot of sense. Of course, we're typically. Uh, let me ask you this this cross check because this does go into your macro strategy a little bit here for leagues that force three wide receivers to start. It, when mm-hmm. you get past that Brees Hall pick, does that factor in? I want to. I'm trying to ascertain. Good point. Is is, is Walker? A, a clear 102 to you in this class, like on the level just below Hall, or is he no, in the picture with really those other wide receivers? No, it's really simply a scarcity play, Curtis. Yes. This is just yes. a scarcity play. Yeah. 21-year-old running backs that are going to give you 1,500 all-purpose yards in the NFL are so rare. There's going to be, what, Javante Williams this year and Brees Hall and Kenneth Walkers, three dudes, right? If you actually put it in those terms. So th- these guys are so rare. You have to get them when they're rookies or you'll never get them. Like you'll, your, yeah. your next opportunity to get a Kenneth Walker is when he's on the back half of his career. So you got to get him now. And then you need to be the one that's getting uh, a stud wide receiver in return for him after four years. So that's the move is that yeah. whenever you have an opportunity, you get these guys in the door uh, on principle. And then, you know you can start to uh, put together deals to get, you know, uh, there's going to be always a team that doesn't really believe they're a contender, but they're going to have a Tyree Kill, Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup on their roster. And you need to attack those teams with like a real force. Like you need to really like get inside their head and be like, listen, dude, whenever you're ready, to acknowledge that you're not going to be competitive this year. Let's talk about Devontae Adams. Let's talk about Cooper Cup. And you engage in those conversations. And the dude that's rolling off a rookie deal is going to be part of, of whatever package you're going to put together for that guy. All right. That's that's a great answer. Uh, I think it, it helps also just to kind of draw some attention to where Walker is. I, I'm hearing Matt Kelly say it's Brees Hall. And then a teardrop uh, in his own personal rankings. When we That's go right. to the 105, yeah, and then Walker's uh, yeah. in his own tier as well. By the way, Int- okay, interesting. So he, you yeah. you got a one, and then you've got like a two A, and then you get yeah. into some of these receivers in the two B. Yeah. Right. I, I think that's probably the way that that yours look. At the 105, I'm going to take Drake London. It was really between those two players for me. Uh, if I would have been at the 104, uh, Podfather makes it easy for me by taking the running back off the board. Drake London, assuming he goes in the in the mid uh, to mid late first, let's go around draft pick twenty. Um, a, a profile that brings up DeAndre Hopkins as his closest sim. Um, you know, I think him weighing in at two nineteen with the size, yeah. uh, the production that he had. I mean, it could have been we could have really had uh, a Jameson Williams situation from a, a production standpoint if if the season doesn't get uh, cut short last year. 
for Drake London. Really, really impressive. And he has a little bit of West Coast syndrome in his profile and that people just don't care about players that play uh, in that time zone for, uh, for whatever reason. Maybe Lincoln Riley will be able to change that. But DeAndre Hopkins is number one sim and uh, in, in our tools for Drake London. But they're definitely, this is not, this is not bust proof, as I mentioned with Burks. Uh, you know, London has some noise in here too. Just running down the top 10, we also see Rashad Perriman and LaVisca Chenault along with Nikhil Harry before we see Michael Thomas. We get Jonathan Baldwin in here, gross. C.D. Lamb, Laquan Treadwell, Ruben Randall, and Devin Funches. So we have some really high-end hits. We have a couple of, uh, gave me a season or two guys and, and Perriman and Randall. And then we have some absolute whiffs. Well, we have no too. idea what his athleticism is. So yeah. the, the Sims are tricky whiffs. right now. Yeah, I, you know, if London lands in, in Green Bay as a wide receiver too, wheels up, baby. If he lands in Carolina with no Deshaun Watson trade and we get a year with Sam Darnold to potentially ruin a guy like this, or if he goes to be the wide receiver too in Cleveland with Baker Mayfield and a Browns. No, no, we, we, we know where further, he's going. This is one where we, we know where he's going. McShay has the McShay is tight with uh, the front office in New York. And he's had London going to the Jets and all of his mocks. Oof. Okay. Um, let's move on to 106 before uh, that makes me upset, Dave. Um, yeah, well, Dave, you've been on this it's player what's, for a It's while. what's happening. They, yeah, they know yeah. that Corey Davis is gone next year. And it, yeah. it actually, from a, 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 if you're investing in your quarterback and you're trying to create a situation where London doesn't have to be an impact player in year one, it, it it makes some sense for them to actually target. I mean, I would, if you're trying to build a young receiving core, I mean, London and X and more at Z makes all, Oh, that's pretty exciting with Barrios in the slot. I mean, they're doing a good job giving Zach Wilson every opportunity to produce in that, you know, I, I so in that way I do like the pick. It's just, if you had drafted London before the draft, and he goes to New York, he's going to lose value, or he's going to lose a little bit of value. These the, year one, these receivers are pretty insulated, but you you know you're probably not going to get any kind of like year one surge in value. You're probably foregoing that. Yeah, we know we do know uh, from from myriad works that these round one rookie wide receiver draft picks rarely lose any dynasty value right. in year one. Um, so I, I think that's another great point that you raise. Josh Moore adds, I mean, he just we might, we might as well just invite him onto the show here to join <laughs> us with all these comments that he's, he's dropping in here. Uh, Wilson, Alave, and I'm assuming. Yeah, he, um, he put he, a we, note there, Williams. Williams, you better fit the, the new six foot to six two, one ninety to 200 pounds separator yak profile that seems to be more prolific in recent years. Well, um, I think that's an interesting point. And Dave is collecting uh, those players just like Pokemon got to collect them all, catch them all. Dave, well, he's not getting all of them. Williams. He's not getting all of them. Well, we'll see. There's going to be one left on the board at 107. There's one left. Dave you talk know what about I'm Jameson Williams. Yeah, so Jameson... <laughs> talk about Williams. <laughs> Jameson Williams, obviously the key component here that's missing in actually getting our final list of Sims and what have you is we don't have any yeah. workout information on him yet. The things I do mm. like is that we saw him at Alabama still in his 20s get to that 30% dominator rating this past year, um, had 15 touchdowns, in that season, 1,572 yards, a lot of production. But on top of that, when I'm looking at the wide receivers, I expect to go ahead of him in the draft. Like if we do see Drake London go to the Jets, I think Williams ends up in one of these best stronger offenses, probably going somewhere late round one, which I think is what's going to separate him from some of these other guys. And I like him yeah. a little bit better than, say, uh, Jahan Dotson, uh, which is why I would go with him here. We keep hearing Buffalo at 25, like every single mock that I, that I see is, is Buffalo at 25. And geez, I mean, that'd be an exciting landing spot. Not that we want to make too much, too many adjustments just for landing spot mm -hmm. alone, but geez, I mean, that, that, that's a nuts spot there in that offense with no pressure to produce early. And, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, Gabe Davis Managers might be a little frustrated if if that were to come to fruition. But Matt There's at 107, no Davis managers in this audience, they've already traded him. <laughs> that, that, that's, <laughs> that's that's fair. Um, 107, I think you're you're kind of strongly uh, yeah. I mean, implying just, that Olave whatever would Dave be said pick. for Olave, same thing. Okay, there we go. So another another uh, 
pick for the Buckeyes there. Now, this is where we get into a, a bit of a tier uh, situation uh, for me as well. Um, an adjustment I'm making in, in my rankings now that we have a little bit more information across all the positions uh, is to try to get those running backs to the, the tops of each tier. And so for me, even though I don't like this player as much as I like some of the wide receivers from a profile perspective, um, it does play into a little bit of the scarcity equation that, that Matt was referring to about 10, 15 minutes ago. I'm going to take Isaiah Spiller you here at it. the 108. This is the only pick. Um, you know, I'm obviously here hoping for day two draft capital. Uh, you know, I, I think that he in a weak class should go maybe late round two. Um, yep. you know, and anything, anything beyond that, will be a, a disappointment here. Dave 109 for you, my friend. Mm. Yeah, this is an interesting one. Um, because we're out of the point where, there's those three running backs that we've seen. I'm not quite ready to take Rashad White here. As far as the wide receivers go, I feel like there's a little bit of a drop down with the next wide receiver maybe being George Pickens. So I actually think that for for interest here of getting conversation going, I might make the move and go with Malik Willis here. Yes. Ooh. Not, I did not see it coming. I know man. this is not, this is not a move that I would normally make, but when I'm looking at this class and the players I could take, I feel like I'm trying to make a splash here. I'm going to go for a ton of upside. It's Given upside, some of baby. the changing things that we've seen in the league and the landscape right now, it feels like there could be some good situations for him to land, and I'll, I'll chase that rushing production. Oh, man. Okay, so first off, uh, Matt, you're going to have to get your guys in order here. Um, Cody saying false. Gabe Davis stand. Right here. Okay, man. Uh, he, listen, this is the thing. Cody <laughs> also <laughs> understands game theory. Yeah. So he's in the, the, all these yeah. mock draft contests. And so let everybody else mock a wide receiver to Buffalo. He'll give him someone else. And then you know, he get, has an advantage. Phil, I like this comment too. And this is the value. I mean, no matter what podcast you're listening to, uh, what analyst you're listening to, everyone's doing rookie mock drafts. And it's important to continue to do them every week because the market is changing week to week. Dynasty startups are happening right now. And even though rookie drafts haven't occurred, player values are changing week to week to week on the entire class. And these exercises, the only way really to, to truly set your tiers. It's why it's important as, a, as somebody who does dynasty rankings, you have to continue to do dynasty startups to be a good ranker. You can't just you know move names around on a sheet of paper without any skin in the game. Um, and, and making actual decisions, you know, with player versus player versus player. It's why an exercise like this, even just with two other uh, drafters, is so important. So, I mean, d- you know, you're saying I'm starting to feel like this class less and less. I'm liking it less and less after Hall and Walker and RB fan here. I think it's important to note that because you start to see, in, even in a one QB setting, you know, and we're not talking about a one QB with a 0.25 points per carry adjustment or anything like that. It's just a traditional one QB PPR draft. Yeah. Dave opting for the quarterback for the Konami code uh, quotient here. That that does say a lot about the that class. That says, says everything more about, about the class right than it does about Malik. That's why this is a 20th percentile yeah. class, guys. This Malik Willis pick yeah. s- says it right there. Yeah, because he, I mean, you want to talk about you know, not being, not being a bus proof pro- profile. Malik <laughs> Willis is well uh, the opposite him. of bus bus proof. I mean, you know, the, the 1% outcome is the, is, is what we would have been hoping for, you know, with Terrell Pryor all those years ago. Um, put it this Madison, way, put it this way. Yeah. If you took Trevor Lawrence here last year, that would have been way worse than yep. taking Malik Willis here this year. Oh, I like that. Um, 110. It's back to you, Matt. Oh, easy. George Pickens. Fuck yeah. This guy was potentially the top wide receiver in the class, if not for the ACL injury. So this is is an easy one for me. This is an easy one. And I have also found that there is some correlation to these conferences. You look at who's coming out of the SEC. It's Metcalf. It's Moore. It's A.J. Brown. That's just one school, right? Before we talk about Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, it's the SEC. So if I can get an SEC wide receiver, especially one with the George Pickens profile, where it looks like he checks a lot of boxes, just doesn't quite have the BMI. He's going to try to do an AJ Green impression, but that that would be there's a tear break after him. 
right, in terms of upside. So I'm, I'm very happy to get him. I still have my eyes on some running backs, um, but uh, I think we're going to close it out in the first round. But basically from here, if we were actually just had one pick per round, I'm, this is a rare, I mean, I, it's just because there's just these two running backs that we love. If you aren't able to get Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker, it's just the weirdest scenario where I can see going wide receiver with a Garrett Wilson or a George Pickens or a Chris Olave, and then actually just hammering running back the rest of the draft because there's so much depth at the running back position. It's just, it's not the high end guy. Yeah, I, man, we should, we could do a different episode on this. I'm almost kind of in the opposite boat where I would be willing to pay up for those few running backs in the first round, even if I need to trade up to get them. Cause I really like that. That's also really a very like good wide receiver. I'm depth. not saying yeah, don't really trade like up for those. Depth. Definitely do that. Yeah. Yeah. If I, if I can even, you know, if I have to give up a future second or another startable player to move up, even just a couple slots to ensure that I get Grease Hall. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, e- even with already having, you know, potential early draft pick, I'm more willing to do it this, this year than in other years. Cause I like the deep, the depth at wide receiver a little bit more. Well, actually a lot more than running back. It's just the, it's the positions relative to themselves that come into the equation. And it's why at 111, I don't even really like this player, but he's going to drive, he's going to be driven up draft boards because of the relative lack of talent and, uh, available in this draft. And he does possess the one skill that if I'm going to overdraft a running back a little bit in a rookie, uh, in a rookie draft, he's got the one skill in his, in his pocket that you've got to have. And it's the receiving ability. So I'm going to take Rashad white. I'm going to take Rashad white. Yeah. Matt's, Matt's uh, showing us his best white skills there. So get Rashad white, baby. Yeah. I, I I'm not excited about it at all, but I, I want like all the mid second round picks and it's too early to pick my favorite second round running back. Maybe we'll close this, this, uh, this mock draft with just a draft one guy in round two, uh, when we come back to it. But Dave at the 112, with white off the board, who are you taking? Dude, I have to think about this now because, you know, normally I would hate taking white here. Um, in you know, right. in comparison to the running back that I think he is in most classes, but now Samir. it's kind of like I don't know Samir. where I'm going here. Nah, I I don't think I'd be going, going. Zamir. I actually think Curtis, you're gonna like this one, and I'm going a little off script for myself yeah. here. I think I I'm gonna going. go David Bell yep. out of yep. Purdue. Um, you know, people scared off due to the testing, but I still think has some traits that give him some upside to be a player that could contribute. Um, as a result, feels like the type of guy I take a chance on here again. So I think one of the takeaways here, at least for me as a drafter, as I've been working through these mocks, is the further that I get away from pick four, I am really looking for upside because I feel like it's a mixed bag with a lot of these players once we get out of that range i feel like there's a lot of no man's land territory that i just don't want to be in so when i'm working with my picks this year i'm going to be very strategic about where in the draft i'm putting them and how i can build around that we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. David Bell, for, for all of his warts as an athlete, this is where you have to be careful not to double count. We, t- we, we warn about double and triple counting the combine for the star athletes, but you also can't double ding or triple ding a player who wasn't expected to, to measure well. Right. And Bell was never a threat to measure well at the combine. But guess what? That same athleticism is what he had to work with at Purdue. 
and, and he still has an elite uh, breakout age. And, you know, the 46540, that's what he had at his disposal at Purdue. And it didn't really matter. And all the right types of names, if you're going to be this type of athlete, show up amongst his top 10 Sims Jarvis mm-hmm. Landry, Keenan Allen, Juju Smith Schuster. These are the types Bolden. of players. Yep. Yeah, these are the type. Oh, Anquan. Anquan Bolden would have killed for David Bell's four. <laughs> Anquan Bolden was a four seven plus. Yeah, I mean, and, and it still worked. I mean, Anquan Bolden. I, I'm not sure if it still uh, holds. It's been a while since I've gone back and looked at the stat for many years, at least. Held the rookie uh, receptions record uh, yep. as a converted quarterback with that poor athleticism. Uh, he put up over 100 receptions as a rookie, and so athleticism doesn't necessarily mean that you can't come in and have a meaningful role. And this is why it's important to look at, you know, all of the things that go into the prospect profile soup. Um, I am curious about your thoughts on on Bell because he seems to be a little bit of a divisive player this year. Matt, uh, the problem is that it's the, the athleticism is also going to push his draft capital down. Mm. So it, it is. You, you talk about double counting in this way, like there there is this double effect problem where he might get moved into the third round. He doesn't have anything like at least Danny Amendola was agile, right? So now you're making it so that he has to comp to a Jarvis Landry. We talked about how Jarvis Landry's wired just different. So it's just hard. It's going to be hard for him. It's going to be a hard road. I think that, if you like these kinds of receivers, you're probably better off with Tyler Johnson as the third receiver in Tampa. I think that he's in, in a great spot. Um, so I, I don't love it. I would much rather take Zamir White here, knowing he runs a 4-4 and could be a second-round pick and then get 200-plus carries, and then he would return over a lot more value. These second and third rounders that don't produce as rookies, they get vaporized in the following year. Look at, go try to trade uh, Dwayne Eskridge and see what happens or Amari Rogers. This is the issue. First rounders, they're insulated from big crash in value. Second and third rounders are not. So David Bell is just a little bit more dangerous with a little less upside than a Zamir White in this particular spot. And Jahan Dotson's going to get first round capital. Jahan Dotson's a threat to be either like pick 30, 31, 32 or early second round. Even though he's an early, he's not an early declare and, and Bell is. Dotson's athleticism and his mock draft index rating. We have a sort of an aggregation of all mock drafts on playerprofiler.com and the Dynasty Deluxe. When there's like a full round difference between a Dotson and a, and a, and a Bell, it makes it tough. I mean, Bell does have the incredible age-adjusted production metrics that would justify this, and, and I'm all about this this move. Um, it's just that in a non-player profiler Rotoviz draft, you wouldn't even need to do this. You could get Bell six picks later. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's a very point, fair yeah. point. Uh, that's a that's a very fair point. Um, let's do this just for fun, and then we'll go. We'll run down our, our super flex. We obviously won't need to play uh, all of this color on the non quarterbacks uh, in the super flex and, and tight end premium draft that we do here. But I want to give each of you just one pick. It doesn't matter which which spot in the second round. Um, let's say who's in the middle of the second round. Who's the guy that you're willing to take early? Like who's just the fun player that you're like, man, I love this ceiling outcome. Uh, who, who would it be, Dave? I'll let you go first. Huh. This this is kind of a tough one. I, I got like four of them. I just want to say one of their names. I'm hoping you guys you guys uh, will get the you know. A couple I'll of let them. you take Sky Moore. I would just say Christian Watson. I find to be a pretty <laughs> exciting player. I know that you're yeah. looking forward yeah. to talking about Sky Moore, but Watson's one of those guys that small school profile, easy for people to overlook. Yeah. I think that could kind of come out of the woodwork and surprise a lot of people. Yeah, Christian Watson, the late riser. Uh, you know, I think that's that's interesting. Um, you know, Matt, who, who's the guy you would pound the table for? Who's the guy you're willing to to, to pay next year's second as well to to get back into the second? And, and Kevin Harris. Ooh, South Kevin Carolina, the Harris, big, big running back. Wow, that big running back from the here. SEC. But why didn't he go and catch twenty passes this year like he did the previous year? 
Well, because he's sharing a backfield with Zaquandre White. That was his specialty. So mm. if you have a super athletic running back that you're sharing the backfield with, then you can't be expected to be as dominant, but he still was dominant, accounted for more than 30% of their overall offense. And he didn't run the 40, so he's very under the radar right now. But his burst was incredible, looking at the broad jump and the vertical jump on player profiler, burst score 128.5, 89th percentile. He has the requisite size, and that correlates to touches as a rookie. Oh, man, if this guy runs an impressive 40 at the South Carolina Pro Day, he's absolutely a day-two pick, and he's going to skyrocket. Uh, Harris, um, for those of you that are familiar with the, the type of dynasty that's called Devi, so Devi's a, a version where you know you actually have like a taxi squad sometimes, or sometimes maybe they're just on your, your actual active roster, depending on how good of a commissioner you have. Uh, Harris has been on the radar for a couple of years and, uh, you know, big, big, big body back, you know, 221 pounds at just five ten. um, you know, uh, 126 inch broad, 38 and a half inch vertical. Yes. Yeah, five and a half inches better than Traylon Burks. For those sick, of you keeping dude. Score. Yeah, dude, he's a sick, uh, <laughs> similar weight. Um, yeah, but you know, uh, you know, he's an interesting, interesting player and I hope you're right, man. I hope he does put up a good 40. And uh, gets that day two draft capital. That'd be huge because there's so few backs that are probably going to be threats to be drafted on day two this year. It's going to be, I think it's going to be like trade up into round four uh, season in the NFL draft this year. One of the guys that's on my round three radar that I'm just praying gets uh, day two is Tyler Algier. Uh, Tyler Algier. He he uh, didn't give us any signal that he's an impressive athlete, unfortunately. He does have a good breakaway rush score. And, you know, he compares favorably to the types of guys that when you, when you, when you watch him, that he reminds, like all along, I've said, uh, this guy just kind of feels like the next way to get James Conner. And we were just yes. railing on James Conner at the top of the, the draft, but like Algier is good enough that he's going to get a chance during his first contract. When he does, he's probably good enough to have a bit of a workhorse role for a while. Like he's just going to be a, a free high end RB two, maybe just for a season, maybe for a couple seasons. If he, hits his optimal outcome like James Conner was able to do. But I really like Algier and then and Dave, you know, stole my thunder with the the sky more. But there's there's a lot of players that that I like in in round two um this year. And I have no problem, you know, kind of, you know, adding plenty of of those picks. We didn't get to talk about we didn't uh, talk Jahan about Dawson. Kyron Williams at all. <laughs> oh my gosh, Kyron Williams. <laughs> yeah. Uh, out. Okay. So let's transition. Let's transition. We are going to go into the Superflex. Mm. Matt, you're the, you're the guest, so you still get the one-on-one. Dave and I are going to flip spots here. Dave's going to draft before me. Uh, Brees Hall again, guys. Brees Hall again. Not not Willis. Not Willis. It's Brees Hall. Okay. Well, Dave, you've got the decision point now. What are you going to do? To be honest, I, st- I think at this point, I actually still would stick with wide receiver. As I've talked about before, I actually have uh, my boy Garrett Wilson ahead of Traylon Burke. So he would be my pick here. Mm. Okay. Mm. I, Goes I earlier like- in super flex than traditional. That's a rare thing. Well, that's that's just because we flipped spots. Uh, and, I, and, and he would have gone in the same place uh, had I kept the one or two. I am going to take Malik Willis at the one or three. <laughs> Um, uh, you know, we, we, it, it just really comes down to, um, what he can add on the ground. I mean, he doesn't even have to be that, that great of a passer. I don't think he's Jalen hurts level as a passer. You know, Matt and I talked, you know, for like two hours about Jalen hurts a couple of years ago, uh, the, the accuracy and the Heisman level, uh, player that he was in college. You're not getting that with Malik Willis and you have all kinds of questions about, um, level of competition in the, uh, you know, I, I think the inconsistency that he showed despite that, that level of competition, but he was recruited at a higher level than Liberty, obviously, you know, early in his uh, college career. And um, there are reasons for optimism. And if he just gets that shot um, for fantasy purposes, he is really going to be a dream. So you, you take him for the potential upside here. If, if he does get his chance, I mean, you saw what happened, you know, with Jalen Hurts. It's a convenient comp, but people weren't high on him. Uh, in, in rookie drafts, but then as soon as he gets that job, throws up that you know twenty plus point week the first time he gets a chance, and all of a sudden he's around five startup pick, and then that just keeps climbing, and that keeps climbing, and that keeps climbing. That's how you get equity. That's how you get a return on your investment. 
uh, for your roster in Superflex is, is by taking the quarterback that has a bit of a ceiling there. So, Matt, that's the big question now. At the 104, is there a quarterback you like enough to go no, back to the position? This quarterback you, you class stinks. Walker? This okay. is a bunch of... I mean, Baker Mayfield would be like a god in this class. <laughs> Tua would be like a smash 101 in this class. This is terrible. This is a bad quarterback class. You got baby hands. You got, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> you got guys, with guys that you got like sort of frat boys, baby hands. You just got a bunch of guys that aren't interesting. Okay, and so I Matt saw, takes oh, Kenneth Walker. Yeah, Matt Kenneth takes Walker, Kenneth Walker. Chalk. Kenneth Walker, chalk, dude, yeah. chalk me up, bro. Okay, so so Dave, one hundred and five. Where where are you going? Uh, I'm going to go Traylon Burks here. Still not ready to pull a trigger on any of these quarterbacks, even if yeah, it is okay. super flex. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and I think that depending on how, depending on where you draw your lines, um, you know that this is where I would consider, you know, potentially drawing a line. Maybe after one more player, um, I'm going to stick with Drake London at the one hundred and six. Here is where now you can debate how many tiers are within these first six picks in Superflex, but I think for me this is where I'm drawing a tier line uh, based off of the commentary we got from Dave and and Matt on Jameson mm. Williams and Chris mm. Olave in the one QB draft. They would potentially be drawing a line a couple picks later. Here, are you taking Olave here at the seven again, Matt? No, oh, this is do? I guess some game theory here, guys. Okay, you guys ready for some game theory? You want Spiller? You guys ready for some game theory here? This is interesting. Yes. We can do some really fun game theory. And I can... So this is where... This is always the most interesting stuff. When you actually don't take the player who's number one on your board because you think that it's actually... The guy you're going to take would be there anyway. Mm-hmm. And even better, it pushes the guy that you think the other guys are going to take into their lap. So on a lot of levels, a lot of game theory levels, the move here for me is Chris Olave. I'm going Olave because I have the confidence that I'm going to get my guy, my quarter, my guy <laughs> at 109. We're going to see what happens. The 110, the 110, I believe this is this is a risk. But I think there's a 75% chance my guy is there and for that 75% chance to get a guy like Olave where I think he's in a complete tier ahead of any other wide receiver that's still available. And I like him a little bit more than Spiller. And I have two running backs already. To me, it's, it's, it's the move. It's the strategic move. From a practical application standpoint, let me, let me layer a, a, another piece onto this here. So let's say this was a real rookie draft, a real pod father team, a real super flex tight end premium rookie draft. And you actually possessed the 107 and the 110. I so, would be trading back from the 107. Okay. Let's say that you you had no trade partners. These oh, guys okay. are like podfathers whooping our butt every single year. We're not mm-hmm. trading with them. We're not letting him with the players that he wants. Oh, okay. Doesn't matter okay. if he gives us good value. He's stuck with the 107. He's stuck with the 110. So you like Alave enough that you're willing to miss out on the other player at 110? Well, no, it's just the differential okay. between Olave yes. and the next guy in Pickens is it's significant gap. And I and, and Spiller really Positional doesn't help relative me. value. Positional yeah, relative so value. It, it really is a relative yeah. value where you know I'm betting that one of you essentially in quotes makes a mistake. Right. Okay. If I end up settling for Spiller, that's not the end of the world. Right. Spiller, we know is going to give me some production. Yep. So yep. I really can't lose. Either I get one of the two quarterbacks I want or I get Spiller. Okay. Well, let's let's see what happens because um, we're going to run our boards. Dave, you are on the clock at 108. Well, it's, it's interesting uh, because essentially with this pick, I am kind of doing the same thing where I have the quarterback that I want and I feel pretty confident that neither of you are going to go ahead and take him before I could get him. And honestly, even if I don't get him, I don't really care that much. So at this point with a little bit of a tear break in my uh, view on the wide receivers, I'm actually going to now try to address the running back need that I would have and go with Isaiah Spiller. I don't love that pick, but I think it kind of makes sense in the context of the team that I I would have building. All right. So Spiller and Olave stay at seven and eight here. 
And so now I, I'm in a spot where, uh, let's see, let's go back to the, the one QB draft. So Jamison Williams has been the victim of, of Malik going early and throwing the board into disarray. Uh, I am going to go quarterback, but I like a different quarterback. And it's a little bit of a conviction play because I just think he's a better overall prospect. I think that the guy that Matt's going to take at 110 uh, probably starts earlier and has a higher floor. But I think this player at the quarterback position has a higher ceiling. And judging from Matt's look on his face, maybe he hates this player and he's going to hate that I'm drafting him. I don't know. What are you going to do? I'm going to take Matt Corral. Oh, okay. So it's it's to you. What do you want to do? Well, this is crazy. Now I don't know. Now I was hoping you would help me make my decision for me. You haven't helped me at all. And actually, I kind Artist. of forgot about Jamison Williams hanging out hanging out there. I actually might have taken yeah, him before now, uh, Spiller. I don't want Jamison Williams. I'm just not gonna. I'm not gonna draft <laughs> uh, him. You know what? I'm gonna go with my gut here. I'm gonna go with my gut. My gut says that this guy has a great chance to deliver. Uh, you know, accruing value in year one, helping me with my super flex team while also, you know, becoming an incredible asset. I like his floor. I like his ceiling. I like everything about him. And even though technically, because we believe Kenny Pickett's going to have more draft capital, we have them ranked similarly, but, but by the rankings, we have this player a little bit below Pickett. Oh, oh. I'm just going to go with him because I don't want to give, I have too much faith in you two. I I have a lot of respect for your ability to identify and sniff out these types of prospects. And so this is, this is essentially what I'm about to do says everything about you guys. Okay. I'm taking Desmond Ritter. Yeah. You you took my one twelve. Yeah. So you, you correctly, you, you correctly solved the, the riddle there. With Desmond Ritter, man, he was so he was so impressive. Um, I I did not think that he was that type of athlete, and man, he just has so many starts under his belt. I, I, he's just he's going to come in much more polished and refined than I think anyone who drafts him. I think will be pleasantly surprised with what he brings to camp. He's you know, it, it's a, Cincinnati. I mean, it's it's a, a school on the rise that is being built by a guy who's really seen how it's done. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that the players coming from Cincinnati are going to feel a lot more like elite Big Ten prospects than Cincinnati level prospects mm, because right. of what they're doing in that program. And so I, I like this pick a lot. And I think that at the back end of, of round one of Superflex drafts, this is this is the corner where you kind of have to to take your pick. Yeah, pick is um, going to be gone every, in every yeah. draft at this point. You're not going to yeah. find a real draft where Pickett's still on the board at this point. It's just that we're so sharp. Just know that, you know, Jamison Williams is going to go. You'll be able to get Ritter at the one-two turn in Superflex and be happy about that. At least well, until the draft here? happens and he ends up in some, you know, peach landing spot. Then it's who knows. Well, what's going to happen here is Dave's either going to get the, you know, quarterback who on many boards would be the QB two. He's either going to get him QB four or he's going to get a player in Jameson Williams. He got one Oh six in the one, oh, one QB draft man. and get him at the one eleven. Yeah. So either way, D- Dave's in a great spot here. What are you going to do, man? So I, I will make the, I think here I actually would go ahead and take Williams uh, because you guys have taken the quarterbacks. And at this point, you know, I think that there's still two guys I could use to address that need. I have talked though about how within the quarterbacks in this class, I'm not super high on any of them. Sam Howell does have some ridiculous stats. There's reasons that you could explain it. There are some knocks that you could have on him, but I'm still going to feel all right. And with the way I might set up some of my drafts, um, if I were able to get my selection of a running back or wide receiver in round one, I'm going to be fine going with Sam Howell as my quarterback back in round two because I feel like you know his chances yeah. of working out are just the same as the rest of these guys and he has a little bit of upside uh that you can subscribe to him via the rushing production which I know might be inflated we've been told uh, when we yep. talked to Danny Kelly yep. um but also you know it, it is possible that the guy is just a gamer and that explains some of the ridiculous numbers he puts up yeah I think uh I think Hal is a total eye of the beholder prospect but the thing is there's 32 teams 
And it, it like, it just, it just takes one man. Like, and it wouldn't, I guess it wouldn't really surprise me if how lasted until like pick 60, um, you know, qu- even when quarterbacks get driven up the board, like maybe everyone actually does hate him. Uh, but even if everyone hates him, he's still going to go in, at, at the end of the second round, but it only takes one team uh, for him to all of a sudden be a player that, you know, people are trading up back into the very end of the first to select just because of the, what if, yeah, uh, scenarios. So well, I, even know, on, I, I think that's good commentary. Yeah, sorry, not not to cut you off there, but even on like if you're just looking um, at passing stats and you're not including the rushing, like from a production standpoint, um, Howell had better production than any quarterback in last year's class, which was a very impressive class too. So you know, it's another yeah. thing that you could point to. Well, Josh, we should, well, let's just go out to pick fifteen then. Yeah, let's do, let's do that. Right, let's that do that'd it. be fun. Rather than picking the the guy to trade up for, we we did you know kind of three extra names in the other draft. So Josh says Dave's out here killing it at the third pick all night. I think he thinks that you picked third in both drafts, and he doesn't realize that that I was <laughs> the third pick in the super flex draft and took Malik Willis. I'll let him correct you know correct me if I'm wrong there. But yeah, I, I think you know I, I think we're we're doing this in a way that makes sense where we're getting some conviction plays. Uh, and we're also um, being able to layer in some game theory here. Uh, this would be a very natural spot uh, to take Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Um, you, you know, I, I think at this point he's the, he becomes the clear value on the board. Um, you, you have to take him in super flex here. So it's back to Matt and then Dave and then me to finish the exercise. Yeah, Dave, you fucked up here, buddy. I'm taking Sam Howell. Okay. All right. Sorry, Dave. This is where this is where you take the chance. You roll those dice, buddy. Sometimes you get snake eyes. Yeah, yeah it's all right. <laughs> I love this. Okay, so well, and we're let's, so emotional about it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, man. That's just my board, man. That's not me doing yeah. anything crazy. Yeah, I've got good news for Dave, because if you go back and you compare to the one QB draft and we had George Pickens at 10, Still on the board. Rashad White at 11, still on the board. David Bell at 12, still on the board. So Dave's got his pick of three players who went in the first round. That's the QB effect. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the QB effect. So, you know, who are you going to take? Uh, I guess at this point, and I don't love it, I would go Rashad White. I'm just not okay. in love with uh, Jahan Dotson. Um, I know that Blair is a lot higher on him than I am. So I would think about it, especially given potential for a good landing spot. But I think I'd rather go with the running back here, even though I do not love it. It's the right move, dude. Sometimes run- picks don't feel good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was exactly. the right move. This yeah. pick feels good. Um, I'm going to take George Pickens. Pickens! I, got the, I knew I got it. I got the picket Pickens uh, combination at, at the 112, 203. Um, let, let's sum up the, the, there's, there's two points that I want to hit Good. with Matt while he's here because we didn't get a chance to talk about him. So the first one is, you know, you'll note that this is tight end premium in both of these formats. We did not see a tight end go. Mm, nope. So, so where are you? Let's just, let's just keep this super flex and tight end premium draft. Um, we're not going to keep it going, but at what point do you get into a Trey McBride or Jalen Weidermeyer or, you know, I haven't seen your board, maybe even are on Isaiah likely or somebody like that as your tight end one. At what point in the second round would you pull the trigger, Matt? Pick 18. Pick 18. Yep. Okay. Pick 18. Uh, once Dotson's gone, or even if maybe you're not high on Dotson, uh, Brian Robinson's got to be gone too at that mm-hmm. point. Brian Robinson's pretty nice. I mean, he has the Alabama helmet, which means day three, I mean, day two. Yep. And then yep. he has like a pretty surprising number of receptions last year and you know, 80 plus percentile speed score. So he's, he's sitting in the center of a nice Venn diagram there. You gotta, you gotta take that guy on principle. Uh, but once that guy's off the board and, you know, in, in super flex you know, corral and, and, and Howell and all those guys have to go push the button on Trey McBride. So just before pick 20, looking at Trey McBride, he's very good. He's very good. His ceiling is Dallas Goddard. I don't think he has that next gear though. Yeah. He's like, yeah, he's, he's, he's Jason Witten. You know, he's not, yeah. he's not a breakaway threat. Um, you are dialed in my friend because in, in our three super flex yep. mocks uh, for the road of his ownership team, 
the first tight end comes off the board at pick 17, pick 17, pick 18. Um, so we are absolutely dialed in in the same range, mid-second round for the first tight end in this format. Um, and then my other question is, is there another quarterback that you would take before the end of the second round whose name has not been called? I mean, we've seen five quarterbacks go already. Is there a secret number six for the podfather? No, I wish. I wish, yeah. dude. Uh, yeah. What I've heard is that Jack Cohn's going to go day two. Oof. So just watch for Jack Cohn to go day two, oh and then you have to have a, uh, going to have a, a Davis Mills situation. It's a Dave, yeah, Davis yep. Mills. It's exactly what so it is. It's, it's exactly it's what, what it is. is. I mean, th- these guys didn't have a lot of pass attempts, but they were efficient, and so the advanced metrics on the efficiency side are very positive. The adva- the analytics departments around the league really like him. So what ends up happening is these these new fledgling analytics departments they they get out a little bit too far out over their skis and they like some of the guys like we like like in 2017 remember and, and and since then we've you know updated our process to be more holistic as you have and so you're not going to fall for that shit right um these fledgling analytics departments are still falling for this some of this stuff so they're going to push up jack cone and it's even though he doesn't have the athleticism He's not a modern quarterback. It's not going to give you any kind of upside to go win games in the playoffs. So essentially, you're you're burning a day two pick on a backup quarterback, and that's never a good idea. Uh, you could argue even Davis Mills in some ways sets back Houston. So it, it's it's a hundred percent not a good pick by anyone unless you need a backup quarterback. But you see how these things happen, like how the sausage is made. I was trying to go back and and think of some of the the rookie picks that I was making around that time. Do you remember um, a quarterback uh, from West Virginia that that the analytics people? Oh, Will Greer. Will, Will Greer. Greer yes, and I was all like. over him at the time, and I never would be now. You're right. Yeah, exactly. Um, like you wouldn't right. go because you go to the senior bowl and people are like, you can't play. Right. He can't even warm up. Right. And you're yep. like, okay, well, what, what? And you're like, just trust me. Like people at his pro day, like, no, it's not happening. And it's like, well, but the numbers and you're like, well, here's the thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's just how it works sometimes where you got to be a little bit more open and a little less condescending. And then you can really calibrate your process and um so yeah it's not 100 percent all on like the efficiency numbers and you're not going to get will greer right i was just remembering 2016 rookie drafts that occurred before the nfl draft and uh the guy that i kept taking in the second round was kiaris garrett (laughs) 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 because he was he was old but he had also broken out early uh and i you know but you know uh as as before i was adjusting for context as matt alluded to so yeah um, you know you can't you know you can't separate and then some of these guys delorean green beckham wait doriel green beckham who was a monster why did i say delorean doriel green beckham because he can yeah, fly. So, yeah, he, another one where the, the speed yeah. score and, and yep. the limited snaps at Missouri, oh, but exciting. Like we, we yeah. get behind these guys all the time. And sometimes it's, it's just, you see that the upside and then, you know, over time I've started to key in. Remember a couple of years ago, a lot of people were really out in front on Hakeem Butler about this time. Oh God. Yeah. Um, and Oof. I yep. had learned my lesson. I was like, you know what? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Did, wasn't uh, that the same class yeah. where Arizona took Butler and Andy Isabella? Yeah. Andy Isabella. I, yes. I was, I was, open I was, to yes, yeah, took Butler, like, you know, four but, uh, later not, or something. not Bustler. No, 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 uh, no, no, no. I, I, I fell uh, head over heels uh, for Isabella. Um, okay. So listen, this has been a great pair of shows. We got four, you know, three, almost four shows worth of uh, content out. You can be sure that whenever you have a chance to talk with Matt Kelly, you're going to get plenty of juicy analysis. You're going to get some great color. You're going to get some great energy. I know you're going to enjoy listening to all these shows. 
And I know you're going to enjoy uh, reacting to these rookie mocks. Did you like Matt's picks? Did you like Dave's picks? Did you like my picks? I'm going to put them on the timeline for you to react to. You can tell us which team you're on, which uh, collection of players you want. Uh, but this has been really fun. Matt, before we sign off here, you know, what is it that you would like the listeners, the viewers to know about what you got going on at Player Profiler and Roto Underworld? Yeah, just add the Roto Underworld radio to your podcast lineup. You know, Rotoviz, Roto Underworld, you get different perspectives on the, the the metrics that matter and those that focus on the right details. And yeah, playerprofiler.com uh, to to look up a lot of the stuff we referenced today, a lot of the stats and like Dominator rating and, and breakout age. And uh, we have some apps in the app store. Uh, the breakout finder yeah. is the, the new class is going to launch in a, in a week or two. Um, where we've actually run the analytics on a lot of these data points and and assign a percentage chance of breaking out. Uh, and I haven't seen the first run of data yet, but I'm I'm very intrigued to see where we're at. Um, one thing I can tell you from that work is that, you know, if you somehow find your way into the first round as a running back, that's pretty much all that matters, right? You could be the worst first round prospect ever, like yeah. Josh Jacobs, and you're going to have consecutive productive seasons. So if somehow Brees Hall can also make it into the first round, uh, Jonathan Taylor couldn't even do that with that profile. But if Brees Hall does, I mean, he's going to have one of the highest breakout ratings in, on the app. Uh, one other app that that I've got to mention that I think is a cool one that you guys have done. I think it's been out. This is probably year four maybe for it. Uh, it's the Player Profile uh, Profiler Dynasty Dominator app presented by Underdog Fantasy. What a cool yeah. app that is. Uh, you can adjust for... Uh, you can adjust for the uh, settings in your league. You can evaluate player values and it you know, kind of cross-references with the player profiler team's rankings of the players. And you've got you know, kind of a, a different take on a dynasty calculator in there. You know, there's many different sites that are trying to solve for dynasty value. Uh, you get player profiler's take on that. It's a very useful tool. And there's some cool add-ons uh, for that app as well. So be sure to check out everything uh, that the podfather and his team are peddling. You will not regret an investment there. Dave, we will be back later this week uh, with more chatter for the Friday morning show. And until then, this has been the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214. And make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.